Welcome to the Westside Barbell Podcast. Today's podcast topic is the 40-yard dash. Today we're here with Kaufman High School. We've got Chris Brent, Derek Alexander, Tyler Rudolph, and we have Jacob Holly from UTPB. Louis, we'd like to get this kicked off, and if you want to start into the 40-yard dash. Yeah, I want to thank everyone, uh, the audience listening in, and, uh, and the, the group of coaches here come all the way up from Dallas. Spend a few days with us here at Westside. Uh, I want to start out just a couple examples in the beginning. Um, the first guy they brought me in the 40, I, I worked mostly with linemen, and um, they brought a guy from a fifth year senior from Oklahoma State. He ran a 5 4 40, and they said, if you can knock a tenth off, he'll play ball, which in turn he did. He signed with St. Louis way, a few years back, and he's 295 pounds. He ran his 5 4 40. So I said, how long I got him? They said, 21 days. I got 21 days to get this guy fast, right? On 21 days, he weighed 308 pounds. I put 13 pounds on him. He ran a 5-140 at the combine. Knocked three-tenths off. All right? It's a joke to do this stuff, and I actually went out to the combine in Indianapolis a few years ago and talked about it and said, this is how I do it. You can do it. You don't do it. I'm never doing it again because it's a joke. It's no challenge to me whatsoever. The last guy I had here, and Johnny Parker witnessed a lot of this, uh, a tight end from Ohio U. He's a 292-pound. Six foot five. His name is Silva. Um, he ran a he ran a five one forty, and he said if you knock a tenth off him, he'll make a lot of money. Johnny said he'll play both ways at two ninety two and being athletic. Well, I had him two months, and on pro day he ran four seven at the same two ninety two. All right, that's four tenths. Um, his long jump went from eight nine to nine eight, and that's just. And I got lots of examples in the middle, but I don't want to go into it. And uh, but we've never failed. I had one person fail. Came here from Michigan State. I told him, do not run, and he went out and ran with a friend of mine, Butch Reynolds, uh, and he's the only person who never made any progress. You can't, you run, everybody runs their players in the dirt, and it's, it's the most, it's the retardedest thing I've ever seen. Um, basically, the methods we use as uh, the dynamic method, this is where you, you lift a submaximum wave of maximal speed. Uh, explosive strength is developed at 30 to 60%. All right, speed strength is 75 to 85%, and we do the max effort. Um, it's the greatest method of strength training. You have to do max effort if you're a football player. You know, if you're on a football field and you're not putting out max effort, you're sitting on the bench. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, let's look at the injury rate in football and injury weight in the weight room. It is, it is no comparison at all. You know, if you put, I've always said if you put 11 weak kids on a playground and 11 strong kids on a playground, 11 weak kids are going to get hurt. So it's pretty simple. Yeah. And uh, and strength is how you run. The stronger you are, the greater force Um production you have on ground force and the more minimum ground contact. Um, so, you know, so um, that's basically how, how it goes in sports. So you've got to be strong. And that's why, you know, that's why linemen are tremendously strong, the big ones. Some are naturally strong. A lot of them don't like to lift weights, but they got that way. So uh, a friend of mine, um, John Wellborn, I guess, called me back in 1994. And like a lot of guys, I forget about this, but he said, how can I bench 500? And I told him how, because I had an article, how to bench 500 easy. Well, John told me um, he played nine years in the NFL, and the reason was because he benched 5 to 570 and could pull 7 to 770. And uh, he, he was in a lot of playoff games and made a lot of money. And basically, you know, he had you got to be able to play football, but you got to be strong too. Now, let's get to the 40-yard dash times. Uh, basically, it's a you know we use the dynamic method on speed day. Uh, for squats, you we box squat and we use a wide stance. Now the re yes. Why 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 
Why do you box squat? We, we, bend, we squat. Why? Because we use more muscle. There, if I'm going to use exercise for any sport, I want to use uh, exercise that builds the most muscles. And also, when you box squat, you sit down, and it teaches you to drive through your hips and not up through your feet. There's a big difference between box squatting and regular squatting. And also, whatever you box squat, your, your max box squat on a parallel box is about 15% less than what you actually can full squat. So you can use less weight and get more out of it. And that makes more sense. Uh, you set way back on a box. A box squat is a leg curl. When you set back, your shin should be passed straight up and down. Um, and so to get out of there, you actually have to generate force with your heels. So you literally leg curl out of the bottom. And also, you know, if you squat close, you cannot push your feet apart. You build, you develop a lot more force by pushing your feet apart. So why, the wider you go, um, the greater force you can develop. And at the same time, you're building lateral speed for the game. So, I'm, you know, I, I like to think of sports training like a fighter. A good, a good boxer can't win a, with a, a punch. He has to throw punches and combinations. So you want to use many combinations of training at the same time. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a story about that. When I was in school, I was always real good at the 40. And our coaches, and when I was in high school, made us squat real close. And I was always good morning, the weight. And I had a real good 40, but my 5 10 five was pretty bad. It was probably around a 4-5 or something like that, and I was running a 4 four forty. And I started this wide stance stuff, and I started sitting back on the box and just doing wide stance stuff for about two months around four flat. Not running one of Julian, not practicing anything. Because you're, it's more... I had that lateral, and when I was landing, it just felt like I could come right over there. Because you turned a general exercise into sport-specific. And then football is specific sports skill, right? Right. You want to close them. You want to close the difference between the two. It does no good to be strong in the wrong exercises. Yeah. So good. You're a good example of exactly why I tell people to do this. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Just a little bit that I've, I mean, that I've learned from here and listening to you. Uh, the more wide stance you do in any any of your exercises, it it goes into everything. It helps you with everything. Like wide stance deadlifts. If you're a conventional deadlifter. It helps that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a, I don't like my athletes to conventional deadlift because I feel I've got all these devices that build your lower back, and I don't like to take a chance of hurting an athlete. I've never hurt an athlete in my gym. So knock on wood, you know what I mean? But they basically all sumo because every one of them is weak in the posterior chain. That's why when these ball players came one after another, I could close my eyes. They had no glutes, no hands, no lower back. And we don't talk about the neck. We'll get into that later. But, I mean, their posterior chain was absolutely pathetic. It is absolutely pathetic. That's why it was so easy to make them run faster, you know. Um, well, can I go on a bit here about the procedure of how we do this? Okay, you know, for what I would recommend for football, because I've been to major weight rooms, and I watch a guy lift a weight and stand around for five minutes, lift a weight, stand around for five. Well, you know what? It's exercise specificity. You need to train exactly close as you can to the game. So basically, the box squats, and it's on my explosive um, uh, power tape, um, but uh, we use between 40 and 50% bar weight, 25% band tension. Um, the sets can be 8 to 12 in two reps, no more than 40 seconds rest in between. Now, how I would condition the team with the weights and actually um, in um, scrimmaging on the field, I would shorten the rest periods. Like week after week, I try to take two and a half seconds off my rest time um, until I got down to maybe 25 seconds with the weights. But you don't want to ever, if a person slows down, you don't try to make it go faster. Don't sacrifice explosive power, you know, for endurance. You don't need endurance on a football field. It's an, it's anaerobic. You got four to seven second play, you rest 40. And you can just repeat it throughout the game. All right. Um, 
Let's see. Rest intervals conditions. You know. Uh, then speed pulls. So let's say you did twelve doubles, and uh, it shows it on the tape. Then we go into speed pulls. Sumo, like you're saying, I suggest all sumo. It, uh, and also wide squats, like I said, and wide pulls build lateral speed immediately, and all the hip muscle, like you said, up in the glutes. All right, uh, ten sets of two, uh, forty to fifty percent bar weight, thirty percent band tension. Same thing. Start forty seconds at rest periods and reduce the rest periods if possible. You know, if you got some super explosive lifters, or I mean ball players, a lot of them cannot go that fast. And if you start to build endurance in a fast guy, you slow down. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. It does no freaking. Once you ever slow down, you you're you're retarded to keep uh, running. Yeah. You don't want no deceleration whatsoever. You want acceleration. And you know, on a football field, there's not much maintenance. Just as a guy running 90 yard punt return, but that's the only time you're actually going to experience deceleration. Well, you decelerate to run through the line if you're cutting, but not for catching a ball and running long distance. Okay? What would you recommend for a football player um, compared to a, a power lifter um, with band tension? Would you recommend more weight no, than band same. tension? A little bit less, little bit less weight because they're not going to be as strong as us. And like you guys look real good. Well, you guys are pretty freaking strong. But so many athletes, you got to see this. Athletes that come, they'll go one plate, two plate, three plate. Then they're dead in the water. My guys are doing five, six, seven, eight plates. And so you got a lot of explosive power, but they don't have absolute strength because they've not trained for absolute strength. They train for explosive power. Now we have to train for a fast rate of force development, but we also need absolute monstrous heavy strength. You know, slow strength. That's what requires you to lift a heavy weight. Okay. Um, when you threw that other band on for me, we did yeah. 35 and that 250-pound of band. I did five or five, or that right. five with it for speed and never slowed down. You threw an extra, what was it, 150? 140. 140 pound of band and it buried me. Yeah. It was 700 at the top. Five right. The box, so see, always train optimal. Mm -hmm. yep. um, you want the bar speed should be basically around 0.8 meters per second or even more. All right. If you go too fast, your force production go low. You understand the force velocity curve. So if weights are too light, they produce small force. Right. So you got to have the correct amount of weight. And if you look at our training, all of our training is devised for something. Uh, for athletes, all the sets on a, on a dynamic day is going to be for explosive strength or speed strength, acceleration. I'm not going to use any weights that don't count. It's stupid to go. Uh, we use the three-week pendulum wave. You know, it's, we basically go 50, 55, 60, 25% band, back to 50. We normally change the bar. If you're lucky enough to got a lot of bars, we change bars to avoid accommodation. And a 5% jump each week will avoid accommodation. It's enough to make your trigger central nervous system to a new task. All right, then on the fourth week, you drop back to 15 to start the thing over. But all those weights will make you strong. Like I always bring up the point, uh, if you got a race car or everyday car, look at the tack. Everyday car, the car got about 2,500 chip, 2,500 chip, oh, forever. Why? Because of optimal horsepower in that car. Yeah. So, you know, why would you use weights that don't make you stronger? They don't want to be too too fast or too slow. They have to be just right. Yeah. So those weights are right. And, I mean, this is based off a thousand examples of Soviet um, uh, coaches, um, Perlpin, who tested Olympic world and um, um, uh, inter, uh, um, European champions. And uh, so based on my information off the research by the top lifters in the world, all my methodologies for all sports come from the Soviets. You know, come from actually a lot of weightlifting and track and field into my sport, powerlifting. And we, we dominate in world records. I mean, it's, we've got somewhere right around 140 all-time world records. So um, where are we at? 
Okay. Um, now, okay, we got any questions about the, the at least the, the major lifts, the squat and the dead? Um, for the uh, oh. for the squat, with, when you're sitting on that box wide, would you say that for a football player, would it be the top of the knee and the bottom of the hip or the top of the hip below the knee for parallel? Just well, parallel is parallel. It's the, top of the, it's the top of the knee compared to the top of your hip joint. Sure. You know, not that big-ass quad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get a guy three inches. I've, I've seen some lifters. I felt bad for them because the way they trained, they had big quads. They couldn't get squats passed. Yeah. And some of the meets we were going to, I'm going like, dude, those are good squats. But you know what? You normally got, got the, the referees have not lifted very much weight. Yeah. It's the way it goes in all sports, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those who can't always judge those who can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, I got a question. Yeah. Um, on dynamic days, um, <clears throat> Would you run just back squats with different bars, or would you vary the squat? So, zercher, front you, squats. You could do front squat. You can do overhead squat. I mean, but I don't recommend a lot of athletes doing overhead squats uh, because of the mobility in the shoulders. You know, young athletes maybe can. I got a call one time from a school that had pitchers, and they all had bad shoulders. So, I said, well, tell me what you're doing. One of the things you were doing is overhead squats. I'm going, why in the hell would you have a pitcher do overhead squats? Mm -hmm. So, they cut out the overhead squats, and then they eliminated most of their shoulder problems, they said. What about for um, weaker athletes? Because when we were uh, testing some of those high school kids, you know, they, they lose a front squat with 165 pounds, 200 pounds, so they're 50%, that would be 100 pounds. Well, mean, would you train there? Would you stick with the back squat, hammer the upper back? Until I, wouldn't, I would just make them, in the very beginning, strength is more important than speed. Because right. mm -hmm. yeah. like you said, you got nowhere to go if a kid only squats 160. Yeah. If I got a guy squats 760, he's got all kind of room to, yeah. to play with. But yeah, so concentrate more on strength. Don't worry if it's a little slow. Okay. okay. Um, Would you compare that to in-season or off-season weights? Would you do more heavy lifting or more dynamic in-season? In dynamic, I would do. I would probably eliminate the max effort barbell lifts, but I'd push the assistant exercises, okay. which I haven't got into yet. Um, and then also during playing, because I know what the head football coaches do, they overtrain the entire team. So I would have. I would absolutely. Um, Recommend you drop some of the sets. Okay. Yeah. Go six doubles instead. Yeah, I would cut it down because you're going to, the coach, you're going to run them to death. I've asked, I've asked coaches come here. I said, hey, when you play football, did you think the coaches ran you too much? They go, yeah. I said, do you run your players too much? And they go, yeah. But it almost always goes back to the head football coach. For some reason, they've never read an exercise physiology book. They don't understand that too much running will actually slow a person down. You know, too much um, aerobic training will interfere with anaerobic capabilities. You don't see a sprinter. I had an Olympic sprinter here in the 200, and I, and I, I have a track book coming out. It's exactly what I talk about. But I said, 200-meter guy, right? So I said, well, what do you do? He goes, I run 50s, 150s, and 50s, 1s, and 150s. He never runs any farther than that. And that's all he does, repeated efforts like that. And a friend of mine in Cincinnati had a national record holder, female, in the 400 meter from Germany here. And I asked, what, she, what, was, her, what was her major workout? He told me he, she did 10 all-out 40s, 40 meters, all acceleration. And you decelerate, that's when someone's catching you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you don't want, never work for deceleration. It makes no sense. You know, basically... Um, in the very beginning, I believe you need a be, to, to condition an athlete where he can play. This should never have to condition an athlete ever again because if you do, it's undirected um, fitness, and you're going to slow him down. Okay. Yeah. Work on your sport. Work on your sport. When Tommy works the boxers, he trains the three-minute rounds. He works. A, I mean, he's got one that does both. 
a lot. See, MMA, he works five-minute rounds. So that's just the way it is. You know, then, you know, good fighters that develop a clock in their head, they know when, you know, you got to be looking up. They know when three or five's, you know, getting there. I have a question about the assistance exercise. So if you have a, a kid or um, a football player and you know he has a weakness, so earlier in the offseason, would you go away from more of the four to seven seconds on your assistance? Like, you know, I've heard you say before, like, you know, if you do over two to six reps for a football player, you're wasting your time because it's only four to seven seconds. But to build that kid up in the offseason, would you give him more of a base so they can... Well, again, what I said, this should only ever happen one time. Mm -hmm. You know, this is called the accumulation phase, what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You accumulate a lot, a lot of exercises, generally not directed towards anything. Mm -hmm. But after, then you go into intensification where you become a football player, um, a wrestler, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that phase should never, ever occur again. It's this is ridiculous. This is block periodization. Mm -hmm. and, and so when you, when you leave one block and go to another, you use some of the abilities that you developed in the first block. It makes no sense. It's the oldest method of training in the world. It's called Western periodization by Westerners. And you know where the object is, is increase intensity and drop volume. Well, you drop it. If a fighter did that, uh, you know, if he, if he had to fight a 10-round fight and he dropped his volume, he couldn't fight 10 rounds. So he better win in six or he'd get in his ass beat. And, if, and a sportsman is the same. A lifter has to be the same. You have to have a certain amount of volume to maintain a certain squat. And the whole key to any sport is to increase volume systematically. And you guys witnessed this yesterday. And I'm going to bring so I'm going to bring this up about assistant exercises. All, I'm, I develop machines. I'm really in the beginning. I didn't know that what I'd done, but I because Mel Siff told me I used to do seminars with Mel was super trained, and he was mad because Mel said he wanted to do a knee you know knee extension and he wasn't letting him use the squat. He had to do, use knee extension, and he was all mad about that. And I go, man, yeah, they're. It's ridiculous because they don't know how to lift weights. They're afraid to do it. But everything I do, I evaluate. Did I not? I evaluated you yesterday, especially you and um, and like you, uh -huh. because um, you got on the inverse curl. You got really strong hamstrings. You were able to do Russian leg curls. Yes. You got in a good morning machine. I ain't done it forever, and I kicked your ass, and I'm 100 years old. Yeah. You got no spinal rectors. Um, what's your name? Derek. Derek got in the bell squat and could not even straighten his legs out. He has no, and that's why he can't lock out his deadlifts. Okay. And he got some psoas problems. We discovered that. And, you know, so you, and today you're going to our ART guy, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And you, you know, your knee's bugging you all the time, right? Yeah. Does, does it bug you when you box squat? No. Yeah, because why? Because you sit back, there's no pressure on patella tendon. Mm -hmm. I had a complete rupture patella tendon in 1991, and I was already 43. I had 821 squat. One of the top in the country in a late, I weighed 233. I was never going to live, but I come out of retirement around 98 and 2000. I squatted 920. Only Eddie Kunk outsquatted me that year as second in the, on the world ranking. And um, I was all my, everything I did was box squat. I, I survived that complete ruptured patella tendon because I box squatted. Yeah. We've, I can't, I'll get into that story later, uh, what we've done to people. And, uh, you got a story about your knee? Uh, I just, I know how, how it tore. Oh. I was just in practice and I planted wrong, and it just from there on. I'm yeah. Everything well, and you know why? Because your coaches push quadricep training, right? Yeah. Quadriceps break you, mm -hmm. hamstrings propel you. Yeah. Why? You know, you look at Olympic, they've got these big ass quads and no ass and hamstrings. They can't squat for anything. I keep, and the reason is because they don't want anyone to do. Well, we squat four to five times a week. I got Girl Scouts that can out squat half of them because more squatting will not do it. You have to train your back. Yeah. It's their back that gives out. They round over and they dump a squat. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, and they always use closed stance. And when you roll your hips towards your ankles, you're virtually taking your hamstring activity and glute activity out of the squat. You know, for six years, I squatted, you know, shoulder width and knees over toes. So I, don't, I think that has a lot to do with A lot to do it, yeah. You're lucky you still got knees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can just tell the difference between a U.S. Olympic weightlifter and all those Russians and Chinese. You can just tell the difference looking from the backside of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's what I mean. Monkey see, monkey do, you would think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all of our training, Tom will tell you, our training mirrors Chinese. When I tell you that our average squat is, you know, basically the bands at the top is 75 to 85, the mean is 80, so is the, so is the Chinese. How many lifts did they do? 25. How many did West I do? 25. I didn't know Chinese until we read it. But why does everyone come to the same conclusion? Because that's the system. That's the correct system. There's one way to do it. There's one way to do it. The right or the wrong way. You better pick the right way. Um, let me get into uh, just assistant work. Like I said, when all those ball players come here, right off the bat, I mean, in the beginning, I could not believe it how weak they were in the hamstrings. But so we concentrate on all oh, the you know the posterior chain. It's a lot of uh, calf ham glute work, inverse curl, spatial machine we have for hamstrings, uh, standing leg curl, reverse hypers. You know, the reverse hypers basically will attack the lumbards and the glutes and the hamstrings, but they all are basically building the hamstrings. All right. And then we do soft tissue work because, um, you know, we know the muscles grow stronger at a faster rate than ligaments and tendons. And like Quint said, you know, our ART guy says, well, why, did, why was we the ones that decided to do all the ligament and tendon work? We didn't. The Chinese did thousands of years ago. It's called muscle tendon changing. So we do, I mean, enormous amount of high reps in band leg curls. I like to do 200 a day every day. Our ankle weights, 200 a day, 5, 10, or 20-pound ankle weights. All right, you do that, you're going to build the thickness in ligaments and tendons, eliminate a lot of injuries. All right, so that's why we do that, you know, for that, you know, for the, for the, the lower body, lower extremities. So, Is there anything you do for shoulders? Well, we'll get there. Injuries. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, bands, high rip bands, or dumbbells. You take dumbbells, and, you know, the, I, my bench training come from East German shot putters, and they did dumbbells four times a week. Uh, every other day they did dumbbells. They would do flat. And I mean, in any sequence, flat, incline, decline, seated. They rolled it like that, so at every angle there was. Yeah. All right, that's what I suggest all sportsmen do. Yeah. And take a lightweight, but for ligaments and tendons, let me a guy like you take 25s, and you do 75 reps a set, a couple sets. Okay, that's what we do. We, we do, uh, Tom will tell you, two and 300 tricep pushdowns. I mean, all the time. We, yeah. we don't have any elbow problems. When I was in high school, I always had a good bench, and I was stuck around about 345 for a while. And I read in one of your articles back when I was about 16, 17 years old about the um, tricep pushdowns. I did a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 100 to 200 reps for about six weeks, and I blew up a 385. You, you know what it can it contributed to your success? Muscle and tendon lactis- elasticity. Uh-huh. I just had that. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that happened to me. Jacob's the one that told me after he listened to you, and he did it. He's the one that told me because I, I plateaued on bench press completely at, at probably 230 or something like that. And then I started doing the, the tricep pushdowns, 100, 200 reps a day, every other day. And I'm a 30, 40 pound PR. And that was, was back it? in high school. Yeah, back in high school. Yeah. So it, it definitely works. It definitely it works. Definitely works. That's why that, that's why that's recommended, oh, yeah. you know, overseas. <laughs> and we figured, you know, over the years, you, we just figured it, you can't. I've been hurt a lot in the beginning. I, I trained wrong for eleven years, seventy to eighty-one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, when you're doing nothing, your buddy's going that way, and you're not. You're going the opposite way. Yeah. You know, you're going like I got to figure a better way to do. That. That's actually when I went to Soviet Union training yeah. at the very end of nineteen eighty-one, and I've never looked back. Yeah. Never.
That's the greatest stuff I've ever, you know. I, I, I would go to powerlifting meets. That's what I am. And I would see monsters. I don't even know how these people got built the way they were. And um, so I thought to myself, and I look at the Russians, well, I mean, they had no more greater athletes than us. They had greater training. Right. Yeah. That's the difference. That's right. Okay, now are we good with um, basically that? Get, can I get into Max every day? It's three days later, or for you guys, probably two. How do you do it? Um, Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, or how do you set your programs up? Well, we only got, for his, in high school, he only got three days a week in the way. That's okay. That's what we could talk him into. And, um, so he had to go Monday, max effort lower, Friday, dynamic effort lower, and Monday we swapped max effort, and then the next Wednesday we would do dynamic. And our strong kids got stronger. The weak kids didn't go anywhere. Well, I can tell you something about good kids and bad kids. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to break your heart, your heart, kids, when you're not very good. But bad kids, if you put good kids and bad kids together, the bad kids will never get any better, but the good kids can get worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. I'll tell you, cannot, you know, I mean, you're stuck with it. You know, I know what you got. You got 110 pound football players and 320 pound football players, same team. Yeah. You know, yes, I always felt that football being such a violent sport, there's, you, know, you know, you guys live in Dallas, but maybe in Columbus you'd have eight teams. Every sky school should not have a team. You should be on a regional team, or you should. You need to learn a pecking order, and the earlier you use it, learn it, the better off you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, picking up pick a sport that you're more um, gifted at. Yeah. Texas, everybody, and your mama plays football. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I remember years ago. I think you paid 120 million dollars for a scoreboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the only team that might have more money is us right here at Ohio State. So, yeah, you guys, what would you try to get um, at Saban? How much you want to pay Saban to coach that way? $20 million a year or something, was it? Yeah. Huh? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rich bastards, I swear. <laughs> uh, all right, well, if possible, 72 hours should separate um, extreme workouts. But, you know, you guys, I know a lot of teams that practice Monday and Tuesday and then Thursday and Friday. So you figure it out on your own. Um, but that, that's when you want to do your max effort work. And um, and like I said, because football, you know, uh, you got to max out because you got to knock you got knock people on their butt if you're going to play football or run over them. So what we do is uh, some of the max out effort exercises rack pull. And when I say maximal effort, you work up to a single and you stop. All right, like the kid could pull 500 rack pull. Well, what we would recommend if he was here, we would get him to do four or five, then 455, which is almost 90 percent, maybe 485 and 505 for record, and we shut him off. All right, we do three lifts at 90 and above. All right, and 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 all, and uh, you'll say, well, you know, I got you doing this. You go, well, what the hell's five pounds? Right. Well, five pounds uh, in a year, um, once a month is 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. You make 60 pounds a year in a lift, you're really smoking it. If people don't look like that, and all the other lifts are going up, so you know, box deadlifts down, two or four inch box. Uh, do your pulls with bands. So whatever you can think of, um, you know, some good mornings. I recommend good mornings, but start light. Learn how to brace your stomach or wear a belt and do a lot of high rep good mornings. All right, because it's all hamstrings and glutes and low back. Um, we've seen tremendous success here in the good morning. Tom could tell you we've got a lift here. I think I talked about he had a 900 squat, trained for meat, moved here, though, for it, lifted in three weeks. He squatted 890. Less than six months later, he's done 1065 in a meet by working on exactly the same thing, you know, the low back, hamstrings, and glutes. That's a hell of an increase. Yes. 165 pounds off 900, yeah. and he's still going up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, like you could do is a high box, 
A lot of kids getting used to heavier weights. We like bands for this, but high box, real low box, close stance, um, good for mobility. And also, like you guys weren't here, but I had uh, I had Miles in there the other day of one of the town's fighters, and he said he got poor mobility. So I started him on about a 17 and got him down to eight. And it took me all of about five or six minutes. So the weights are the greatest method of flexibility that there is. You just keep letting weights take you lower and lower systematically. I went down an inch at a time. And actually, uh, sometimes a half an inch at a time. But it, and, you know, in 10 minutes, you, you went from no mobility to great hip mobility. You just have to continue to practice it. Yes? Oh, one thing, uh, you mentioned this yesterday. You would have all football players wear briefs while block squatting and deadlift on their speed days. And on max effort day, would you do that as well? Exactly. Exactly. Do you, I never see a football player going field without some kind of equipment. Right. You know, if it could be just a mouthpiece or taping the ankles, but they got equipment on and a helmet. So why in the hell? And you know, so but if you're going to football field right away. You realize when you put a helmet on, it's game face thing, right? You go, damn, I got a purpose. Why am I going on field? You go in the weight room. They got any purpose? You ever think about that? Why don't they put a belt? Why don't they put breeze? When I would start out with no gear, I'd go out and buy a new T-shirt or something, you know, and that'd psych my ass up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I trained by myself for six years, oh, yeah. but anything psych my ass up. There, I put that thing on. I was ready to go, and it's only me in a mirror and a radio. But I needed stimulus, and so I might get a new pair of shoes or a new pair of socks, anything that gave me that mental stimulus to train. So I see too many people go in the weight room. It don't mean nothing to them. That's why they don't go anywhere. You know, you got the ones that like to lift weights, and you got ones that hate to lift weights, right? right? So you got to make the ones that hate it give them some kind of a motivation. Yeah. You know, you got to be motivated to do anything, or you're going to fail. Did you talk about using the belt? Because I've heard you talk about before the group that used the belt, the group that didn't, and then they both maxed with a belt. Because um, all, everybody always wants to say that uh, if you take the belt off, you'll use more core when they're squatting and stuff, and that's like a big thing going around? Well, you do, but you need to learn your use your stomach. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do it, like a bodybuilding years ago, you had a touch system. Guys would do shrugs, and hold on their traps, I'm not into this. You know, or, you know what I mean? They bench, they would put their hands under the guy's arms and help them up. It's called the touch system. The belt's a touch system. You put that belt on, you want to expand your stomach out against that belt. If you never had a belt on, Tom, how many lifters, how many athletes do you come here and they're sucking their stomach in? Everyone. Not, not how many, all. And that's why they got bad back injuries. You got to learn to push your stomach out. And so you brace against that belt. And then, uh, but you, uh, you know, I, I recommend when you learn this to work up to a point, then put the belt on. All right. You don't want to max out out a belt. Like those little girls you saw, in the, you know, the little one, a couple weeks ago, she maxed off out a belt. Then she put on her gear and worked, you know, with nothing. Then went up and she didn't get a record. But you only got one max in one, one workout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you got to be careful what you're doing, you know. Yeah. You know, when it, when it warm up efficiently, I mean, we just, and we don't believe in stretching. We believe in you're going to squat, you start squatting. You're going to bench, you start benching. Until you're warmed up and then going up. Don't stretch before workouts. I've never said don't stretch. It's fine to stretch, but they should be of their own workouts. And it's a lot better to stretch five or ten minutes, two or three times a day, than a half-hour session of stretching. You know, it's a lot better to do small doses of it. Same thing with training. You know, your serum testosterone drops drastically in 45 minutes. So you better get the major things out of the way and then do the, the small things at the end. Yeah. In the school, when we warm up, by the time the warm-up's over, I feel so much weaker. And by the time they run us up and down the court, I mean, I feel like... 
Exactly. Not much left. It all, it's all the way across the board, too. Everybody. Well, you know, when you get out on even a practice field, some adrenaline has to take over, yeah. some excitement. Yeah. That's going to raise your blood pressure and get you in a state of a readiness to practice. You don't need all that warmth. How many times do you see guys do that for a half hour and then go out and pull yeah. I've always, I've talked a hundred times. Huh? Oh, you've seen it, huh? Yeah. And so does everybody else listening to this damn thing. So don't repeat it. But, you know, I've always said you um, you see a, 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 a cat on Wild Kingdom laying out in the grass for eight hours and jump and run down a zebra. He didn't sit there and stretch out or anything. And human beings were never made to do anything slow. They were made to do everything fast even though some of the species of us became endurance. Like if you look at Africa, one part of Africa's got sprinters and the other part's got sp um, marathoners. Mm -hmm. It's got, you know, and just like sports, it's got a lot to do with your parents. Ethics and genetics, mm -hmm. it's got a lot to do with that, like it or not. Mm -hmm. So, you know, down in Jamaica, a pastime sprinting. So you grow up, you know, you, you see Bolt and all these guys down there. So what do you want to be? A sprinter. Yeah. So you you got a vast amount of people, you know uh, Brazil. Uh, I mean the Bulgarian stream coach asked one time why are so many Brazilian soccer players and no one knew, and or why are they good at it? and no one knew. He said because you got a million of them, you got a million to pick from. So you want to get a base. Football's got a huge base. You know look at sports are successful in America. They got huge bases: basketball, football, baseball. You know, I mean, so on. We, you know, outside of uh, the Williams girls, yeah, they battle pretty good in tennis because that's pretty much worldwide, and so forth. You know, so you always look at a base. What's a base? And you know, it's all it's all got to do with, you know, where you're from. Um, Nam Suleiman, you know, he came from a little region. They brought him in the the top team in Bulgaria at 10 years old. They doubled their they doubled their budget for weightlifting, and but then they got a lot of kids come out of his region, and they started to lift a massive amount of weights when they was real young, and he just develops kind of like being in a wolf pack, keep up or die, yeah. and that's how they developed such a strong team over the years. They didn't last that long, but they were incredibly strong. So, are we good, good with uh, squatting and deads? Okay. Just remember, you know, we were talking about, um, uh, I mean, everything we do, we can't afford to have injuries. You know, we don't wear knee wraps. The other day, Tom wants a guy in brief, uh, squatted cool of 1,100 pounds at the top at, at, with, uh, with, no, with no knee wraps. We didn't wear knee wraps in the gym on box club ever. We don't have any knee problems. But people get hurt just out there running on their own. I also suggest make sure make people know how to run. A lot of people don't know how to run properly, and that's why they get hurt, period, without any contact at all. But just remember, the bands and the, all that high rep uh, hamstring work, and and also, you know, you do a lot of calf and try to see the calf, that will eliminate a lot of knee injuries because your calf supports the knee from the bottom, hamstrings on both sides at the top. So you work out, you, you eliminate a lot of knee injuries, just period. Um, okay? And, you know, like I said, if you increase, the more you can increase it, that connected tissue, the greater increased uh, motor output you have for any sport movement, like throwing a jab or, or taking off or jumping in the air. All right? You know, it's basically deformation. We all know what that is. Um, you know, when you run, your foot flattens out, and that's what springs. So the harder you put your foot down, the more it's going to spring out. And, you know, uh, it changed the subject here. A guy in uh, the original Westside Barbell book, he was talking about how to box squat. There's only one way. But he came up with this thing. He said that I was wrong where I sat on a box for eight seconds, and, and I said I retained reversal strength. Somehow he seemed to take it as plyometric action under two-tenths of a second. Anything past that was not, you know, it, it's not plyometric. I never said it was. I said it was reversal strength. And a big guy like you, if I took a basketball right here, 
and I put it on this table, and I told you to flatten that thing, push it down and push it, and you flatten it out three or four inches, right? Mm -hmm. You slide your hand off, what's the ball going to do? Going to jump up in the air. Same very thing happens. You sit on a box. And I sit down. See, I have deformation not only of my feet, but my glutes and hamstrings and hips. And I can sit and it slowly releases, releases, releases. Boom. Then it goes. Wow. I've never thought of it that way. But think about Am I right? Yeah, you're right. Uh, okay. Yeah. And so what good is it to you? Because in the game of football now, they're changing the play nine times at the line. Yeah, right. the, ball, the ball players are in the stance for a long, long time. So the longer you can maintain uh, some muscle reversal strength, the greater you're going to be able to come off that line. That's, that's going to be essential to your lineman, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. How about speed bench? Speed bench is basically the same. You know, uh, me and this John Curry is a tremendous athlete. We actually did 48 sets of benches just to see. Now, I was old. I was probably 60, and John was a tremendous athlete. And, um, but we did 60 sets of benches every 40 seconds just to see if we could do it. So, but basically, I, I just recommend, you know, 40-second rest and no longer. But if you go faster and you start to slow down, um, like I had this kid called Cole here not long ago, and he would just, anything he did, he slowed down real quick. So it would be stupid to make him continue because he just built endurance. He started to work the endurance side of himself instead of the explosive part. But, you know, but ba and uh, I got a real strong kick called Jake Anderson, squat 1130, deadlift 875, and he do fast sets. And it, right in the middle, you can see him slow down. If I, if I just gave him 45-second rest on that one set, he's right back to blowing the weights up. Extremely explosive guy. So it just shows you, you know, get to ATP or back or whatever. All right. So basically sets of three on this for ball. And I'll give you another example. And the bar weight, basically 40% and 30% bands at lockout. It's a dynamic method. You know, lift the maximum weight. With, you know, you're knocking people over. And um, so, and the sets, um, basically eight minimum, like maybe you would jump into to the um, season. 12 optimal, 16 maximal. Now, I'm talking to high school kids and actually even because they're not bench pressers. So 16, you can do 16 sets because me and, me and Kurt did 48 sets. So I, I come up, if I, you know, for explosive strength, you could probably get 36 sets. You, if you got a tendon and you want to major, some guy can experiment with it. Um, but, but basically, I think this is it because you're playing ball. Um, so it's just, um, then after you do that, I recommend, and also when you bench for ball players, uh, I believe it, I, from for I got this at choppers. Push the bar in a straight line, push it towards your feet, and we'll bring up something. I might be you talking about your bench or him, but you push a straight line. Anytime you turn your elbow, you got rotation, and you can tear a rotator. And again, you don't want to do that. I mean, you guys got enough stress on the football field, so that's why we just teach you to go to straight line. It requires very strong arms and a very strong upper back and rear and side delts. And if you don't have strong upper back, rear, and side delts, you don't get a lot of shoulder uh, labor tears. Yeah. yeah, that's like me. I, if I get a heavy weight, I'll press towards my, right. my shoulders, I mean, my strong point. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about this yesterday. The, the human body will press the bar over the strongest muscles. Mm -hmm. So if so you press it over your face, I know your shoulders are stronger than your arms. You're probably a decent incliner, but a bad bencher. I see this over and over and over. And uh, so you got to train your arms. That's what the chromatic chain basically is, you know, coordination. Firing the right muscle at the right time. You know, so see, our theory, like in a squad, is build up the glutes and hamstring. Doesn't get, get ready. You know, why does a basketball player center jump? He sticks his butt out. That's right. Stretch, stretch it out. He don't lean forward. Right. His toes, at least he better not. So. Well, when I was, uh, I tore my labrum in high school, and I, I, for four years, I've 
finally, thank God, fixed kind of surgery for it. But uh, I was benching 385, but I couldn't overhead press 185 when I was in high school. That's how weak my shoulders were. Yeah. And on the football field is where it got exposed. I never hurt myself in the weight room. Got on the football field, and got hurt. Because you get in all type of angles you never dream of. Mm -hmm. That's exactly why you want to squat wide. Yeah. Because you're going to, what's the highlight film, the guy's stretching out to catch a ball. He ain't got his damn feet six inches apart. Right. Yeah. Right. <sighs> Crazy people. Yeah. Um, anyhow, I, well, after those, what I always recommend, and again, this comes from East German Chop Putters, um, two sets of dumbbells. Just take a dumbbell you can do for maybe 20 reps, something decent. You know, don't kill yourself, but like the last rep, pretty good. Two sets, that's almost a warm-up for the rest of your uh, exercises, a small. Then we go into tricep extensions. We do rollbacks, elbows out, William presses, um, <clears throat> JM press, straight bar extensions, easy curl bar extensions, French press. Just jump them around. Um, Everything works, but nothing works forever. Right. So once an exercise starts mm -hmm. to fail, and you, you, if you're smart enough to realize it, change it. Change it. But you'll work the same muscle group. And it'll constantly, slowly but surely, go up. It'll just constantly go up forever. Um, I have a question. I'm, I don't mean to take a step back, but for the squat, bench, and deadlift, if you have one of the kids like me, you said, who's moving the speed strength weights a little bit too fast, would you recommend, if they have the right band tension, would you recommend adding more band first or more straight weight first? I put more weight on. A little bit more weight in the bottom. More more weight. And also change your grips. Mm -hmm. We always would use three grips. Three with our index finger on a smooth. Mm -hmm. Three if the thumbs touch the smooth. Three on the ring. Mm -hmm. I don't really recommend just that's hyperpathy of uh, uh, ultra-wide benching. for, for uh, uh, But we do a lot of ultra-wide benching. Uh, but we do six sets of six. Like you talk about, if you want to sell your off-season, we don't have such a thing, but we got to do it constantly. But we'll do six sets of six, um, and then for two or three weeks, and then eight sets of eight for two or three weeks. I mean, we're working the weights heavy, and you almost start to fail. Then ten sets of ten, go back to six sets of six. Mm -hmm. well, you change the exercise, though, right, after? I'm just talking in the bench. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then rotate your special exercise. Right. But the little girl you saw deadlift last night, the smallest one, mm -hmm. Uh, she had a hundred and she had about a hundred and forty pound bench, raw bench. And last week I showed her close grip one fifty five for five. Wow! By doing by doing those reps, it really really works. Yeah. Years ago, I took my raw bench. I weighed one seventy two. I had a three forty in the meat, um, and I weighed one seventy five. I had, I did four fifty touch and go, raw bench. And at one ninety seven, I did uh, my first five hundred, and that's how I did it. A wide grip benching, tons of tries. He come, he come back in and uh, started lifting with us. And first time touching the bench after not touching any weights in a long time, we hit 275 and pressed it right over his shoulders. And uh, we worked the six sets of six with him, put some size yep. on him. And I worked a lot of close grip because I know oh. shoulders. <laughs> and then he bow barred 305 the other day. So, so you're confirming what I say works. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, it works. You guys are doing this. See, that's why I'm glad you guys are here because you've experienced this stuff. You know, we'll get into some running later that I know you got your uh, ideas on too, and so do I. Mm -hmm. And okay, um, we're gonna have we a question. Yeah. The auxiliary for the triceps. Yeah. How many sets and reps? Um, I, I, I've never counted them. I know you guys might be limited, okay. but only do two and just do it till your arms are blown off. Okay. So just I mean, it's all I can tell you. Okay. Uh, Chuck Vogel probably trained with Chuck a lot, and he always said, when are you getting off that bench? And I'd say when I'm done, because back then it was it was always nine triples with the three grips, and then it would be the JM press, and I worked up in fives or threes from two and a quarter as much I, I did four or five for three before, 
And I always did those on my speed bench, although I wouldn't max out on the JM. I did it in a power rack. I put the bar at my chest, then lowered two two inches and use the easy curl bar. I mean, use a camber bar, take it in my face and press it out of there. I did one rep of four or five off a pin, dead stop. And that's when I, I mean, I could raw bench 550. And that's what, that's what got me there. What was that question? For the tricep sets and reps. So you oh. said two sets all out. Until you can't. No, two sets of dumbbell presses. Okay. Then you go, because it warms up everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, then you go into the extensions. Like, you know, if I told you to do three sets of eight, you're going like, damn, that ain't nothing. Yeah. But I told him to do three sets of eight, he'd go, Jesus Christ, that's almost killing me. Everybody's different. Okay. Yeah. And you want to train fairly fast. Yeah. Fairly fast. But pick two. I always like a barbell and a dumbbell. Like I do a straight bar extension and maybe roll box. And then I do the JM press a little bit. It's, you know, three quarter extension, quarter press. And then maybe uh, elbows out. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it always hit those high rep extensions at the end. And something we've been playing around with is we hit our triceps, and right after every tricep extension we do, we'll go do 100 reps of push downs right after that. I got a guy called Travis Bell here. He come in for a 335 roll bench and a 375 shirt bench. And then five, later, five years later, now he was way stronger than this, at the, but he paused 575 in a meat roll and he benched 900 in a meat in a shirt but he probably could pull 600 pounds at that point he's exactly he followed his simple program mm-hmm. exactly what i said now I, I tell people this um you bench press or you squat or you deadlift then you train the muscles mm-hmm. train the muscles you guys are exact um i haven't seen you bench but we just proved you got no erectors he's got no glutes yeah. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so you can't take 20 football players and have trained the same because they got different weaknesses but see you need those machines i mean you know i'm just saying it sure helps they're evaluators yeah. uh-huh. you know uh it tells you where you're weak or strong and then that way i can balance that out because just watching you guys squat you, you really you all look you know like it could be tighter but you all look like nothing wrong with you yeah. well there's nothing wrong with you but you know but where what's holding you back from getting better yeah. glutes spinal erectors mm-hmm. see what happened to you when you got pinned smashed you right over mm-hmm. yeah. yeah your erectors gave out mm-hmm. uh-huh. see this is what I'm saying yes, sir. and that good morning machine proved that mm-hmm. so it's you know how do you evaluate a ball player same way how come how come you got 50 freaking kids and some are tight ends and some are linemen and some are running backs you evaluate them yes, and you put them in the right position yeah, so the same thing you do with weight training. You know what I mean? You have to do that. Uh, let's see. Okay. Are we good? And how about some max effort list? You know, don't be afraid to max these kids out. When If it gets hard, the body's going to shut it down. The goji tendon and the other reflexes just shut it down. They're not good. As long as you got teaching good form, they're not going to get hurt. Um, but, you know, you can max out on rack presses, three or four different pins, the floor press, uh, incline, decline, uh, flat bench. Um, all kinds of combinations with bands and chains. Just get all. So every time you come in, your kids are breaking the record. Get them used to winning. Winning. Every week they win. And see, this training, I can evaluate you or, or a ball player or my lifters. I know how, like if you was here, I know how strong you are on max every day. I, right? I know how fast you are on speed speed days, speed strength days. And I put muscles where I want to, where we need to put the muscle. Inside of one week, so it turns into a weekly, a monthly, a yearly plan, a multi-year plan. There's no wasted. I'm not going to take a guy like you and then 10 weeks later, then we evaluate someone and go, holy crap, this, this guy's 50 pounds weaker than we thought. Or, shit, you're 50 pounds stronger than we thought. Yeah. We know exactly where you are all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think this program is superior to all. But, but you just, you have to continue it. You can't stop it. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, for your super. So like most skill kids are more explosive mm -hmm. than your linemen. So would you have more skill kids putting? Because I told I know you told me yesterday that like I did a lot of more like almost more bad. That's why you asked that question a while ago. Mm -hmm. you, what you could do, all right, my favorite thing, I'd bench with bands or three-set a chain, but I would choke a monster mini and put on. So at the top, it gained about 30, 40 right there, right? Mm -hmm. You know, for you guys, but for us, it's locking out the bar. Mm -hmm. So you could try just, that, that way it's uh, abrupt loading. Mm -hmm. So you got constant loading as the band goes up, accommodating resistance, but all of a sudden, in the way, all of a sudden, you got that choke band hit it, and you got an extra 30 or 40 pounds at the top. So for when we're maxing out, like let's say all three of us are maxing out or all four of us are maxing out, and we choose that we're going to do some bands over the bar and work up to a squat, I would do the most bands, and somebody who's a little slower, maybe like Eric, would have a little less band and more straight weight? No, I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't no. do that? Okay. No, you guys should be model athletes. You all play football, right? I mean, even though you're a little quicker than maybe him, but I mean, the weight you're going to be, all our guys use the same weight. It's a based off your, see if you're a 400 squatter, you use 2, 220, 240. 800 squatter, 400, 440, 480. Same percents. If um, Friday, when you're in there, well, you're going to miss it because those girls train 530. If you watch people over here that can squat 500 in gear, and you look at people that are squat 1,000 in gear, they're using the very same percents, they're moving the ball. Now, these guys, let's say they're using 600 for their sets, and the girls are using um, 300, right? That's 60% of five. The, the barbell's moving like it's the same freaking speed because it's the same percent. Remember what you you asked me about, because people don't wear gear, and I think they also wear breeze just for safety. But we have two lifters, and um, one's in, in, in a, a breeze at canvas. He bought squat a 535 in the blue and the green band. His friend doesn't wear gear, any, and he's a roll lifter, two, both same way, about 265. He did 535 blue and the green band, which is 375 pound of band. In the very same meet, he both squat eight, 855. Math is math. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, so it, it just doesn't matter. And no one's going to move. If you try to move the bar exactly what I say exactly, you'll kill yourself figuring out. You know, you can't put this little bit of band. You take a little bit off. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah don't worry about it. I'd rather see a guy, uh, you know, struggle up with weights a little bit because you're building strength. Mm -hmm. His time under tension is greater, and, and you slow that bar down, you're developing greater force. And that's, you know, you need great force. Uh, we'll get into how to be explosive, me and you jumping, you know, to each other from here. We'll get into that in a little bit later. And, I mean, in fact, it's coming up next. So, um, okay, so any any questions here? And then after you do the max effort stuff, of course, go into your explosive, I mean, go to your assistant exercises. Having those, you know, it's like cryopathy work. But you guys work at kids, and, you you know, look at a boy and look at him as a man. He matured. He got so help along the way. Just do some hyperpathy work on along the way. It's not going to. It's not going to. You know the size principle. Bigger muscle, you should be stronger. You know if you're into that kind of sport. You know. Yeah. Uh, we good about kind of about the weights. Uh, I just wanted to bring up if you're into it, like instead of the the the, the deadlift, you know, just uh, you can uh, break that up and uh, change it by doing a power clean and uh, and press. Or you can just take it out of a rack and do your presses instead of the, your benches. Or, you know, or you, can, you can incline for speed, decline. A good friend of mine, a real strong guy, he did a lot of floor press. He did a lot. A lot of, he had to use dumbbells because the bar sit on the He'd big. But he had a lot of dumbbells for floor press. He told me I think he used 155-pound dumbbells. But he was a big-ass guy. And, I mean, he was strong. He could use 155s for easy like that. But down, boom, down, boom. So there's all kinds of ways. Just always change. You know, you've got to change your, you know, you're just going to bring in a law of accommodation. You're going to quit making progress. See, that's why the volume and everything has to rotate. You notice on speed that we've got high volume 
in a moderate intensity. Set, you know, it's, it's 75 to 85 for us. And then on Max Every Day, we get up to big way as fast as we can, so it's 100% intensity. And we break a record way over 90% of the time. Uh, and then, but the volume's low. But then the, the, the space, in our ratio, barbells only 20% of our training, all that spatial exercise you get is 80. Tom, last week, um, last week, they all took weights. Am I right? And they did it at breakfast because there's only three guys going to meet and they're taking their circumax. So they said they'd all do it. Did they all break a record? Every, and they mean, some of them killed their records. So right out of clear blue sky, you know what I mean? Be like me trained to fight him for eight weeks, but I got to fight you. You know, you're, you're now you're a left-hander, he's a right-hander. You know what I mean? Yes, and Bruce training works. In, me, in, my, in my humble mind, there's no way it can't work. If, I, if we come in there and say, Lou, we're going to rack pull today, and I kick your ass, it works. Or you know what, at least if I get a record. Yeah. And I know you guys got to be doing this, right? Yes, sir. And, and there, are you breaking your record at least around a 90% rate? Well, that's a uh, well, exactly. So, so you show me a program that can do that. Uh, there ain't none. Well, exactly. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday, when I pulled that deadlift, the most I'd ever done is 500. And I've had surgery since then. I'm only four months out of surgery. 505 was like an empty bar. 545 was easy. And then 575 is a little technical problem. But I damn near pulled 70 pounds over right. after a shoulder surgery. And, and out of the clear blue sky. Because you asked me, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't give a damn. Do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, that's how we yeah. operate. It sounds like there's no plan, but it's a tremendous plan. Yeah. You know, football, you can't run the same damn play. You know, you run 20 yards up the middle of the first play of the game. You just can't do that the rest of the game. How many damn plays you got in football? About 300, you know? And you run up. But, I mean, you got all these plays. And, and see, that is basically, to me, the conjugate system constantly switching exercise. But, see, the conjugate system, a lot of people will think they know it. But it's not just switching exercise. It's it's switching types of speed, you know, speed strength, explosive strength, integrating them, uh, strength speed. Um, all endurance, strength endurance. Ex- you need explosive endurance. Like a fighter, he's got to have endurance, but he can have fast hands at the end of the fight too. Mm-hmm. Fast hands, fast feet. If you don't have that, you're screwed, dude. Yeah. So it's you know, there's all kind of endurance, there's all kinds of spatial strengths. Everyone, a lot of people that don't know think strength is strength. If you're stronger than me, you're there. That's all there is to it. But like you said, you're more explosive. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. You're pretty, but so you might be just more brute stronger, so you live more. If you want, if you guys can lift the same weight. All right, you both can squat 600, and you go, who's more explosive and who's stronger? Who's got more strength speed? Who's got more speed strength? Uh, the one that can do the most weight with the most bands is the strongest guy. He's got the strength speed. Huh? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. See? Now, no one has ever – has anyone ever thought about how to measure two guys that lift the same? I don't think so. But that's what our job is here. This is an experimental gym, and that's all we've done over these years to find things out like that. I got something on that that I just kind of thought on myself was in the weight room I was always able to lift a lot of weight, but it was always fast. Like I, I mean that bar was either moving or it just wasn't. And on the football field I was always had nagging injuries, something like just a tweak here, tweak there, tweak there. Once I started working on my absolute strength, all those injuries just moved. And I had a buddy who moved strong in the weight room. He moved it like what, what did I say? What, 11 strong kids will hurt 11 weak kids. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. And that's the thing that a lot of people get wrong or don't understand is, like, how, what are you using to get that weight up? Because I was just right there and popping it. I wasn't strong. I couldn't strain. Mm-hmm. And on the football field, when I strained, I got hurt. Yeah, see, we got, like, you saw Wesley. He's not well, he's faster, but he's not very fast, but he's extremely strong. 900 squad at 165 world record. 
Um, and then now Chuck Vogelpohl, the older guy you saw in there running around, oh, yeah. he was extremely strong and extremely explosive. He scored 1150, like, like I mean, Lord knows how fast it was. I mean, I swear to God, it was, it was as fast as speed heads. At least, you know, it's as fast as you could do speed heads, like, boom, like that. Wow. And all of our lifters, if you ever watch our lifters on tape, they break their biggest squat records, they just blow them up. Yeah. Because we train, see, in a monthly plan, we do 100 squats for speed strength and 80 pulls. We normally do 20 each week, see, 25 squats, 20 pulls. So that's so we're, we're dedicating our training to 180 speed strength lifts a month and 12 max effort. But then we, we build up the muscles individually. That's why we don't get hurt. That's why colleges run experiments in exercise phys lab on single joint. And so we do, like I said, I criticized them for years, but I thought, damn, man, that's what I'm doing. But that's how we find out how strong are we can in some area. Yeah. Big guy, questions about the bench or something before we, I mean, any of the weights before we get into a. Yeah, I got a question about overhead pressing. Um, during the off season, uh, we didn't do a whole lot of, I guess, max effort with overhead pressing. And I'm just wondering if that, you know, didn't contribute to our bench presses going up as much. Yeah. Well, you know, Bill Starr years ago, it's what Bill Starr said. And I mean, I thought about it and he was right. Bill Starr said, if you can bench press 300, you might not be able to press stand up press 300. But if you can stand up press 300, you can bench 300. Okay. And that's pretty much true. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was really admired the guy. And uh, he, but he's a smart guy. I mean, he was a national champion in the same year in weightlifting and Olympic weightlifting. So. You know, he had it down pretty good. He did a lot of experiments. He's a very smart guy. And it should keep the shoulder injuries down, too. Well, that's what I'm saying. I had a top string coach one time, NFL, say he didn't believe in doing overhead pressing. I said, well, what the hell do you do if you get your arms over your head then? You always got your arms over your head. Yeah. You know, like wrestlers getting in wizards and stuff. Like, you better be flexible and have strong shoulders. You're going to get your damn shoulder ripped out. I mean, I talked about one time, as we said, um, how many more? there's so many more football labrum tears than there is in wrestling, and wrestling gets in way worse positions. I've, Tom and I have said this a hundred fucking times. Sorry, we said this a hundred times. How come MMA guys don't have labor tears and they're getting thrown on their head? I mean, you know, and then football players got all yeah. got gear on there getting hurt all the time because they don't do enough angular stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like, I mean, every football team you ever get on, it don't matter, high school, college, there's at least three or four labor tears. You know, I, I think a lot of people say don't do that because you're hurt, you know, they were hurt and they can't do it. But if, if you're healthy and you could do it, you probably would never get hurt doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I like the Bradford press when I could. I used to press. I'd stand up and put put almost kind of cheap push jerk it, bury my head down the bottom, back and forth like this. We you did know. that with the bamboo bar. Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you saw the big kid I said played on a 2002 national team here yeah, in Columbus. Uh -huh. You saw him doing it because yeah. he's the guy. Quam said his shoulder. Uh, uh, he doesn't have mobility in his shoulder. Like I said, I said do some behind the head stuff. It's easy for him to do. Yeah. So it might, it might not. We don't use 95 pounds. He's pretty strong guy. Got more weight questions? I got one last one. Um, out of the machines that you have in your gym, which ones would you say would benefit a football team the most? I would probably say for sports, I maybe would put our ATP or you know, our bell squat version. It's an athletic train platform because you could do everything in there. You could play football in there. You can fight box in there. Um, and But see, the key is, our, why, we, could, we could do such a high volume because that belt's around your waist and it works as traction. So we're getting all that traction while we're doing all this amazing amount of tonnage. And then secondly, it'd be a reverse hyper 
And then third, definitely the inverse curl for your hamstrings. Okay. But I mean, if I had one, Tom, you have one for just sports, ATP. ATP. I mean, because, you know, it depends on what the hell you do. You can do it. You can deadlift in there. You can clean a press. So you can do about damn anything in there. Yeah. yeah. So that's the first one I have. A re, a, some form of reverse hyper is second. And then a, a inverse curl. And, you know, uh, a lot of hip people have bad hip flexors. So I would get a, a hip quad, a leg lift machine, yeah. something like that. And, like, you were on the, you were on the, the yeah, you know, you're on the, the hip, hip. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. talking about the hip ab. You're on the hip quad, yeah, hip quad for, yeah. for your flexibility. A lot of ball players got terrible mobility. Mm -hmm. They got pelvic tip one way or their butt sticks out of mile, but their hips are under my mile. Yeah. And that's why they get hurt running right there. Because, yeah. mm -hmm. see, it changes the center mass of how a person runs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to have correct center mass, you know. That weight's got to get right through your body onto the ball of your feet and so forth. You think that's why I pull my hamstrings so much? I mean, it's every year I pull my hamstrings. It's got to be because of my lumbar. Uh, yeah, you got a yeah. problem down there. You're going to, you, if you got a, a lower back problem, you got a hamstring problem. Mm -hmm. They go hand in hand. Yeah. I because mean, it's every year, it's just a matter of time. I mean, I could be out running 40s one day and pop. Sure yeah, no, that, yeah, pop. see, that should never happen, you know. Yeah. Every year, it's just a matter of time that I pop one. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's never happened. Good there? Yes, sir. I think we're good. Okay. Yes, Let's get into now. So, okay, so I got you. I got the team stronger. How do I get them equally as explosive? Jumps. Jump is the key. It's it takes explosive power. Um, explosive power is the ability to rapidly increase force. The steeper or faster the increase in strength in time, the greater the explosive strength. And I mean, if you ever go try to jump on a high box, you got to get it going. You got to get it going right now. Mm -hmm. You know. So that's I'm in the jumps, and we like to jump up as we can measure by momentum impulse. You know, if you weigh 230 pounds, you jump on a 42 inch box. You know, a math major could tell you how much force you applied to get up 42 inches. If you did it on 44, then you'd have a you know you'd have a new equation for you, and so forth. I um you know, and, and I want to bring up something else. You got a lot of teams. I hear it all the time. Lowering weight slow. I just jumps 40 or 80 a week we did dynamic effort max effort some kids actually grew they got bigger gained weight and they were faster our, our team average 40 dropped three tenths of a second the whole and, team and, and the whole team say that a little bit again say seconds. that again the whole team how much Thir uh, three tenths of a second so you might actually think i might be lying about what i did huh because no. you did it too <laughs> You just got to be smart enough to do it. Yeah. And it was four tenths, remember? Mm -hmm. But the first time we took their best 40, and the next time we tested it, we took their average. Yeah. It was really yeah. four tenths if we would have took their best. Yeah. I had a guy uh, got a big combine school in the West Coast call me one time and asked me what I'm doing. He goes, well, I can't understand. Like, the how can heavy stuff make explosive? I'm going like, dude, what is wrong with you? I mean. Yeah. Well, it, I remember hearing you saying once that Ben Johnson could – Pounds. 445. 445. Yeah. yeah, Tom, tell him the story. I mean, he didn't even know he did it. He, he thought it was in kilos. He, it was a, he didn't know what he was benching. He thought it was 405. Yeah, yeah it was four. Um, I thought it was more. It's 446, I think, yeah. you know, in kilos. 440. They're yeah. doing it for a warm up before. Uh, I think it was two days before a race. And uh, you have to understand how kilo plates work. So kept going on and on. And then all the coaches kept looking closer and closer and closer. And put on more weight, and they got closer, more weight got closer. Like, uh, I think the, uh, uh, his best bench was 405 before that, but he did that for a triple. Hmm. Didn't even know. And he weighed about 170, didn't he? 170. 176, I heard. I heard he box squatted uh, 620 for two reps. You know, there was no, there was no gear at this yeah. point. Yeah. Mm 
So it's not like he had briefs on or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so you see, what runs? Strength and power. That's what runs. Your strongest kids are always your best. Them ladders ain't going to make you run no faster. It might get you out of a burning building. Yeah. <laughs> that's why 10-year-old kids can imitate it. You see those videos of 10-year-old It's a kids good point. See, that's why I talk about, well, I don't want to get into this. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. You're right. If a 10-year-old kid can do it, how hard can it be? Yeah. He's not producing the force. He's just moving yeah. on so you got some any questions on um jumping i got one more yeah. can you uh just kind of clarify why knee cleans would be more beneficial to a football player it's just explosive power like power clean it's just it's explosive power okay. see power cleans do not make you explosive okay. if you want to be explosive you have to train between 30 and 60 percent you know real strong guys can use 60 but most people 30 to 40. see it's velocity strength's not measured in weight it's measured in velocities Explosive strength is in fast velocities. Intermediate strength, speed strength is intermediate velocities, right around 0 0.8, 0 0.9 meters, okay? And then strength speed is, um, is very, very slow velocity. Your absolute strength measures isometrically. Like if I wanna, you know, I wouldn't see how much you could squat or bench or deadlift, I'd see how much you could pull in a bar with a force plate on it. That's how they test absolute strength, okay? So, see, that's a big, I, like I, I have, the problem I don't like about Olympic weightlifting, I, it's a lot of wrist problems, a lot of problems, mm -hmm. and um, and it's, you know, and everyone's always trying to teach it. You want, you know, it's a high tech thing. Mm -hmm. So it's football. Which one do you want to be, a weightlifter or a, or, a, or a football player? And a bar has to decelerate at the top too. It all decelerates. That's why you've got to put bands on the bar. Yeah. If you look at um, practice science and strength training, it shows the graph in an isometric force developed at different positions, and as the bar gets near the end, the force actually goes down. So the only way you could counteract that was, was accommodating putting bands on the bar. And I'd also, you know, why do we use bands? Yes, it accommodates resistance. And I can, you know, I can add a, you know, we'll say 70, 70 pounds, like at 140, probably goes to 70 up to 140 from the bottom. But also surface speed eccentrics. The faster down, the faster up. I proved it with a 10 mil unit years ago. Now people's writing about it, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they forgot. Yeah. I have a question about the jumps. And uh, it gets confusing to me sometimes. So, you know, you, I've heard you talk about all toolboxes, so 80% of your bar set when you're doing your 40 jumps. So do you take up your body? Like, let's say I jumped on a... We've uh, actually raised it up. Oh, you have? Yeah, I used to go the same amount of jumps as the same amount of lifts and lifting, but I realized that explosive strength, you can do more. That's why we do basically 40. And why did I do it? Because Verfraschowski did 40 twice a week. Yeah, I, I don't think I could be smarter than him in explosive power training. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I did a lot of reading, and he would recommend that. He also recommended they're very dangerous. He recommended you got to cut out poles and squats. That's why I never dump, jumped off boxes. Yeah. And then you start getting on a high box. Tom, tell him about our friend in Barrera and how he hurt him and tell him what he done. <laughs> what? He told me his knees are back or killed him. I said, what he's doing? He's jumping over. So that's what can happen in America, you know. <laughs> but for the, There's only three windows on his school bus, so, you know, that tell you that. <laughs> For that, those box jumps, is it better to um, take your max box jump of body weight and then slowly add weights incrementally? So, like, maybe go five-pound ankle weights for a couple, you know, and then the next week move up to tens? Or do you take no. your max jump? No, we just hear fives, tens, or twenties, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, the kettlebells could be anything. Mm -hmm. I always like to do, like, about five jumps to warm up on something mm -hmm. and then go straight to your box. And then, like I said, every, um, you know, Tom does the same thing with fighters. I mean, in the middle of it, you might throw two inch in and an inch in. The other day, I tested a couple girls just to see where they're at, you know, see if they're 
what's going on. And uh, so they worked them slow and, and just put, normally what I found that I could get is about a, uh, it, uh, about one to three inches in about, you know, two and a half weeks. I, we test about every two and a half weeks, seem like they go up about one to, I mean, um, basically about, what did I just say? Yeah, one to three. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't want to push them in because I don't want them to miss. Always try to land on the center of the box. You see them on the edge, everybody going to do it. Try to land on the center. We made that mistake. We, we had a, when I was an agent, they were jumping too high uh, with resistance. So they were busting their ass and couldn't recover. They were going so hard. Then they brought down their box size to challenge them. Still optimum height for them. The box started going back up because they were doing too much. Mm -hmm. And they're just landing on the very edge. They weren't landing in the center. But everything was so absolute that after two weeks of that, they couldn't recover. Right. Remember, optimal. He said the word he mentioned. I had an experience with that too. I got mine up to 58, just doing the 40 jumps, nice and you know, you know, it's hard but not too hard. And then I got in a bad habit. Every time I go in a box jump, I'd have a 40 pound weight vest on and some dumbbells, and I'd jump on it pretty good. I'd be like, throw another one, throw another one, throw another one on. I'd end up doing a max box jump. There's all kind of backwards a little bit. All kind of methods of jumping. You can jump up in the air and, and then with dumbbells, heavy ones, and drop them. Yeah, we did, we did that too. Yeah, day. you could jump up on boxes. You know, with a bar on your back. You can jump. You could be wide jump on the center box, or being close to jump on two boxes. There's all kind of things. You know, I got a jump book that shows a million kind of jumps. So just like always, make some kind of changes, and don't expect too much too fast. Yeah, sure. As long as you don't miss. You know, everything, look, you're in high school four years. It's Olympic cycle. I mean, if you're, most of the time you're college, four years, Olympic cycle. And Olympics is every four years. That's why they do everything Olympic cycle, see. I don't. I mean, because our sport goes on and on and on. You know, I went on and on and on forever, you know, until I killed myself. But, I mean, I didn't. All I wanted to do was go on. So you had to be systematic or you're not going to go on on very long. Yeah, jump. It's like everything. Optimal. Optimal, you know. I, I I'll tell this story. I told a hundred times, but I was at, I was in um, uh, Vegas with Dr. Sif, and he's supposed to start talking at eight, and I was going to talk later, so he don't show up. So I go, well, hell, somebody's got to talk. There's 65 guys there, and his pay is like 500 dollars. So I start talking about 9:15. He busts open the door, and his wife's in a wheelchair. He gives her a big shove, and he runs up in front of me, and immediately starts talking. It's 9:15, you know, right in the middle of whatever I was talking about. So everybody's looking like he's crazy, but he's very eccentric, and you know he's he's here. He's a good friend of mine. So I just sit down. And he goes on and on. And he rattles on something. And he goes, "You never train mentally." And I'm sitting back here listening to him. Go, "Yep, that's what pushes." He goes, "You never train maximally." I'm going, like, "Wait, that's what I've done all my life." Because you always train optimally. And of all the things I learned from that man, that was the most. That simple thing changed everything about my training. It it changed everything. That and you know a few other things like delay transformation. But I mean that. Because, I mean, it was blood and water the way we trained 25 years ago, dude. Yeah. It was rough. And it can be too rough. Yeah. Our guys are blending pretty good because they're young and they're all making good progress. I mean, when you get on that board down there, you're good. I got three guys on that board. And it's not it's not easy getting on that chalkboard. It's a big-ass lift. So I'm pretty satisfied with him. You know, I think they got a lot of potential eventually. Let's see. So are we good with um, the box jumps, you think? You got more questions about that? Single leg, double leg? You know, take offs, you do a lot of that. Oh, I want to talk about long jumps, too. Uh, we did a lot of long jumps, and I got the best results. Uh, long jumps, and a lot of people don't get enough elevation in long jumps, so we jumped over uh, barriers. You know, you know big foam blocks, Tom? 
like Curry would jump over that and go ahead. And that's where we got the height. You got to have optimal height for. You ever look at a, like a um, uh, like a long jumper? He gets up like seven feet or something like that. I think it is. So you got to have enough, you know. So anyhow, that's a tip too if you want to get long jump. Because I I took uh, I told you I took uh, Silver the kid from Ohio U last one. Uh, he went from eight nine nine eight in the long jump to two ninety two. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, now sled pulls. And this is the feedback I got. I've got this from sprinters, and I got this from all the football players. 60, 60 yards. You know, we'll talk about mirrors, talk about yards. They seemed to think that was the best. Anything longer, they couldn't, they couldn't maintain their speed. So once you start to slow down, you're wasting your time. You know, it's good to go like a long distance maybe to get them in shape, but after that, you never do that again. You, it's exercise specificity. Your game is a short sprint, always, always. So, um, and basically, um, you know, the power walks, It's we reach out long way with the heels. Actually, we got an intern, uh, Courtney. She's one of the best power walkers I've ever seen. Reach that heel, touch, and pull. That sled jerk, 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 jerk. If you're pulling the sled smoothly, I know you're not producing any force on every step. But if that sled jerks, then I know you're st it's, a, it's a start, it's a start, it's a start, it's a start. So you're getting 60 yards of, the, of a start. And the last step in 60 yards has got to be as strong as the first. That's why we found out if he went any farther, they slow down. All right? Now, um, that's one thing. Two, optimal. Like I've done this with girls. I, I had Akron University out there with 14 coaches here today. So I told them about the girls. They start with 45 pounds. They went, you know, 60 yards, 60 meters. They did it in, in 21 seconds. We added weight with 135. They did it in 17. Well, the one kind of had an intermediate coach. He's a national decathlete champion. And so he come there, he weighed 200, about 215, 20 pounds. We started him with 90, he did it in 17. We got it up to 225, he did in 11. Now how? Because as I added weight to that sled, they could produce greater force right. on each step. I don't care who you are, you weigh so much, you produce so much force, it's never gonna change. But if you get the right optimal body weight on that sled, um, you could produce greater force. So pretty much that's how they did it. So, you know, strong guys like you, you're gonna, well, they use what, three and a half plates. They went over, then they would they slow down. So you can't get too heavy, but too light, we can't produce any force. They were, you know, all right, I won't, I can talk about deceleration, but you don't necessarily have that in a 40 meter race. You know, but you could do the same thing I, for, um, you know, 200 meter run, 100, um, 200 meter runs and stuff, I'd have them go for 60 seconds, like from here, A to B. And then they put a marker down, and we invariably, on set after set, they could actually increase the distance inside of 60 seconds. So if they picked up 10, 15 yards, they, they eliminate deceleration 10, 15 yards. And that means a lot on these long races, you know. I mean, you're going, is it, no, it's not the 40, but that's one way to take care of that. So, you know, and uh, also what we've done on Friday when the ball players is here, I'll put the whole work together for you real quick, the whole week. But the heaviest weights was on um, Monday. I saw Max every day. They pulled heavy weights, normally around four round trips. Wednesday, they re let's say they're pulling five and six plates. Wednesday, they pull about three plates, and they would do about 10 to 12 trips, right? So they go from building top strength, absolute strength, to strength speed, uh, strength endurance. And then on Friday, we'd either, they would either do sprint with a plate, or they would just use two plates and do about 10 trips. And it, it would work as a warm-up or restoration. And that's how we did it. We decreased the weight. Then you start it back up, decrease the weight, start it back up. All right. How we've uh, how we've done it, 
Um, I'll let Sandage write. No. Um, want to hear it. We would come in, um, I guess, Saturday after games, and that would be our heavy workout. That would be our heavy sled day, and we would do about six trips. Now, do we need to do four if it's going to be heavy or six fine? Well, is it working? Yeah. Then absolutely. don't stop. Okay. And then Monday, you know, starting the week, we'd reduce the weight and bump it up to about eight to ten trips. And Wednesday, you know, about 48 hours away from game time, well, but with like just like a plate, there you just walk. Basically, the same thing. Yeah. You guys are playing games, and this is for the combine. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Okay. Okay. Now, would you change that at all during the season like that, or is that that fine? If it's working for you, I would do it because okay. I'm not working ball players. I don't want to work with them. Okay. I don't want anyone to come here. That's why we got Westside certified gyms. Right. Leave me to hell alone, you know. Yeah. Flip a Molly over on your ass, you'd come here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, that's that's good. See, you know, there's no there's no written in stone what I'm doing here. Yeah, that's the key. You guys are smart. You're taking it. You need to tell me what works better than me. Okay, that's the idea. That's all I were one to do. Okay. You know, plant a seed and let you guys do this. Yes, sir. Now, picking an optimal weight for your sled. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it is it body weight? Well, like I said, body weight for much for you know pretty power fast power walking. Okay. Heavier, but too heavy is when you walk like a drunk. Okay. And you know, there's something else you can watch. Um, when they pull sleds, you can get in front of them and look at their knees. If their knees are coming in or whatever, mm -hmm. you can look at their running posture. And if their knees come in, like, who do I have? You know, those like a belt barrel. If you carry med ball, you straighten all that up. Tom, watch, we had a girl here, nine weeks, could not qualify for the national hip. And um, I mean, for six years, six years. I had her nine weeks, she qualified first meet. And she, she ran knock kneed. Made her carry med ball while she pulled sleds. It fixed it. Now, I know you guys are ball player, football players, but all you people that train female athletes and have all these ACL injuries, it, I mean, that's expected. It should not be expected. It should be eliminated. If you carry med balls, it's actually going to look like they're walking like a pregnant lady, but they will realign their knees with their hips, and you eliminate those injuries. It's just like when you guys walked to that belt barrel. You notice when yeah. you walked out and it blew up your glutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, when I pull sleds, my first, when I first started swimming 30 yards, I got sleds first. I got sleds with full full circle. But 60 yards, I don't know. I usually can't keep it. Well, the time. yeah. So when you get other kid, that cold couldn't do it to either. Would you have me just go 30-yard trips with my body weight, or would you have me pull some weight off and go 60? If you literally can't keep up top speed, you got to use a shorter distance. Yeah. You know, there's a reason the world record holders in the 60 aren't the world record holders in the 100. I wish they had 60 in high school. I mean, that's, I was always wanting that for 60. Yeah. Um, uh, got some more? Yeah, I got another question. Um, would you vary, I guess, the sled, the type of sled for? between the leg walks yes there's all kinds between the legs you can tell me what you do but we do a lot of upper body conditioning you know i always tell people whatever your sport is that's how you handle a sled like we got muay thai fighters they're doing muay thai kicks very methodically walking down there we got grabs that act like they're pommeling you know if you're football act like you're pass blocking shot put same thing you know then for general exercise anything you can do in a weight room with a machine or a dumbbell you can do it with a sled you can curl it you can press it external rotation upright row force someone's head down with the strap so just that's how i did a lot i would up like up, up you know upright row external rotation and force the sled down upright row because i couldn't do one method forever it would just wear me out i'm 
Yeah, I'd wear out real quick too. Yeah. The only thing I did all my life, you know, for for years, is one rep. I mean, just everything, everything's got to be all or nothing. And so for like the heavy power walk and slids, so you would rotate like let's say I'm pulling forward walk. So would you rotate and go backwards walk? Yes, especially with heavy weight. I would strength. use weights you can go. Yeah, for strength you can, mm -hmm. uh, because it's tremendous for knee rehab. I took a guy who had 744 squat, ripped up both patellas and both quad tendons, and in nine months he came up here by walking backwards and forwards in sand for 165 days straight. He squatted 890 in my gym. He went on to squat 1107 pounds. His name is Jim Hoskinson. I'm not afraid to throw these names out. We had a friend that was wrestler Andy Vale who wrestled in the ECW. 900 pound squat, ruptured patella. That's what I did. So he, he says, the doctor said he's done, told him what to do. Inside of one year, he squatted 1,000 pounds in the contest. So I hope all you doctors are hearing that. <laughs> you know, you do the slicing, let me do the dicing. <laughs> so weigh the sled pulls with heavy, keep the heavy six trips, but weigh the sled pulls in between the legs, um, backwards walk. Yeah, you could walk. do any of that. Um, you know, to me, see, it's, I, don't believe you, I don't believe in strength training and conditioning for ball strap. I believe you can do it all at the same time. So sled does a lot of it at the same time. Yeah. And I love the whirl barrel. You can substitute the whirl barrel. You guys did that yesterday. Yeah. Three minutes for balance and grip, you know, and stamina. And we got this thing, we walk between our legs, it's called a, a belt barrel. And you done that, that yeah, thing will yeah. kick anyone's ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for guys that can't afford uh, ATP, I don't know what it, well, how, you know, what is it, Tom? How much is that damn thing? 895. I mean, really, you know, if you couldn't afford it, that thing would yep. kick it. Um, let's see. And also, you know, don't be afraid to wear uh, um, weight vests or ankle weights when you do this. Um, let's see. I've seen you talk about the uh, neck harness good mornings with the slid. Yeah. That'd be good for somebody like me, right? I think ball players, yeah, they don't know. You know, you got all these, like you said, you're working their neck, you know, no neck injury. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the uh, most strength coaches are afraid to work the two vital points of the spine, the neck and the lower back. It's the two most important. Where do you get injured? Low back, neck. But they don't work them. It's like a lot of powerlifters. They never touch in, in the gym, and they wonder why they can't touch in the meat. Well, because you've never done it. You know, um, our guys, you know, for a different thing, touch. But um, uh, anyhow, you know, for, uh, for conditioning ball players as well, because I had to condition them, uh, one, I mean, he went to High State, and they, uh, I had to go up there and talk to the line coach. And he goes, he wanted to do an internship because he didn't like to be there. Mm -hmm. So I said, the guy says, I got to have him back in football condition. I said, Coach, I'll send him back in better condition than on your team. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, it ain't going to be very hard to do. So he's down here two months. I had him walk basically a half a mile. It's all the way around both these buildings, sometimes three times, to up to a mile and a half. But he, he just walked. A 120-pound weight vest, 20-pound ankle weights, and he swung Indian clubs. There's two guys on you know, when they did what do you, the, the test for linemen and you know the the physical fitness test whatever it's called. There's two of them on the team at pass. He was one of them. He never ran one time in two months. Exactly what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. Tom, is that it's the team in Texas you talked about? Is it? Uh, there's a team in Texas cut their freaking running out. They all got faster and this running you got to get through your coach's head. The more running you do, there was a there was a questionnaire ran around. They took top you know. Four, you know, four and five star high school recruits going into college, and they're forty time, two hundred seven of them, and um, then they went into NFL. You know, they traced around a lot of them went to high state, Alabama, all the big schools. You know, Texas, Clemson, 
All right, 150 out of 157 of them ran no faster or slower, and a lot of them three tenths. Said why? Because you run them all the time. If you practice endurance, you're going to conserve yourself. If I told you to, you know, run around, you're not going to conserve yourself in the sprint. But if I told you to go two miles of with five plates, you're going to conserve yourself yeah. to get two miles. You're going to do the same thing when you run like that. Is you're going to conserve. All it builds is a maintenance speed. Is you know, yeah. you develop you develop a cadence. It's called the speed bar. You will never go any faster. You just get used to that speed. You know, it's like becoming a block mason. Yeah, um, at the beginning of the track season, you know, everybody ran their best at the end of the track season. And so as the track season went along, I think they increased their workload and sprints and distances and stuff like that. And they that. got out of the weight room. Stopped lifting, <laughs> and they got slower. So. Well, that's my next podcast. Uh, <laughs> there's an expert on 5 and 10K racing, you know, but she, that's what she tested on. And they, they, they added, uh, took 32% out of the running, how there's 32, I don't know. 32% of the running out and replaced the explosive weight training. And they, you know, it was groups. The ones that maintained the running and the group that did the weight training and the weight training just, they, the, the one that kept running ran the same and the weight, the ones that lifted the weights ran way faster. It's all, running is force production and ground contact. And if you got greater ground contact, like on a 25K race, I mean a 5K race, you have about 2,500 steps. If you can take one hundredth of a second off that, you'll take 25 seconds off your race time on ground, on, you know, ground contact. So just cut this down even to a 100-meter race. Yeah. It's all strength and power. Yeah. Go talk to any top sprint guy. You know, I always mention this at East German, uh, you know, East German Track Club years ago, years ago, Dr. Uh, Coach Hill, he, he called, you know, the women were killing everybody. I don't know, you guys are too young, but the women look like crazy, you know, in East Germany. They're crazy. But he goes, you know what he called them? My strong girls. Not my world champs, Olympic champs or European champs. My strong girls. I think, and they used a short step almost like Michael Johnson did. I think it's about 4.8 uh, uh, touches a second. Very short and stop. If you, I always talk about this. You know, and it's a different subject. But if you look at, uh, until this Olympics, Michael Johnson, world record holder, um, and, um, you know, uh, let's see, from um, in the 200, I, no, the 400. But Bolt, 100, 300, and 400. So the two fastest men in the world, one of them six foot five or something, super long stride. The other one ran real short strides, right? Mm -hmm. Two totally different, no stereotype runners. Why were they world record holders? Because they're more powerful than everybody. It's real simple. I mean, you, we all got cars. You can drive around freeway as long as you want. They go go no faster, but more horsepower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Running that car it, up and down the street ain't gonna make it faster either. That's right. It's good to be quick. If you if you know anything about racing, if you put a real high gear like a five five thirty four rear end in, the car will jump out real quick, get eighty mile an hour, and not go no faster. Yeah. So you need a, a a lot of horsepower where the car works, yeah, like you, yeah. and you want a, a lot of acceleration where the car will accelerate all the way through a quarter mile. And drag race is a lot like sports, like the first step. The most important thing of a drag race, really, is a 60-foot box. Whoever gets a 60-foot box, you take that time out, your quarter, your quarter mile time is way down, and your eighth mile time. Uh, have we, I think we covered everything here. Got any questions? Tom, you got questions or anything? You got any questions? All right, you guys good? Yes, sir. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming up from Dallas. Yes, sir. And uh, I want to thank every all of our listeners and everybody. And... Um, I just want you, I hope you, you know, not necessarily me, but listen to what these coaches said.
because they're doing this and they're having some good success with it. I mean, it's a it's a proper way to train. You eliminate injuries. You you if you hurt your top running back or a receiver or quarterback, you got a losing season. So just think about it, guys. All right, thank you very much, and see you next time. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, Louis. Yeah, Thanks thank for bringing us on.